Hello world to 2012. You're back at it with Matt Brender and Sean Tuline at iTech, therefore I tool around the podcast. We are excited to think about what's happened to us in the last year, talk to you about what we're looking forward to in 2012. What do you think, Sean? Well, you know, 2012 is going to be a great year for me, I think. Uh, I had a great uh, previous year in 2011. I met a lot of nice people at conventions, uh, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, I had a big explosion on social media. I mean, I launched my blog. We launched this podcast. Uh, you know, and I think things are only going to go up from here. Exactly, yeah. And I'm feeling on the same pathway here that it, it's been a year of great community building. One that's connected the dots across the industry for us and given us a following on Twitter and people to follow and also inspired us to write blogs and start stepping out of that timid space into a, a more ballsy arena. So Matt, what do you think was your biggest takeaway from 2011? Wow, that's a, that's a tough one, Sean. I mean, trying to think back over where I was a year ago. I just joined into Unified Engineering when the VNXE was coming to fruition, and somehow we worked our way and got to EMC World, and that took a lot of effort and excitement. That was a that was a great experience out there. I met so many new people. Yeah, and it really it connected the dots, like I already said in the intro, that it's it's about this community, and maybe that's the biggest lesson that I could take from all of this that. There are people out there, and all you have to do is show yourself, and you can connect in and find a community that spans every organization, every company, and every age group, and just learn with others that are interested in determining the future of our technology along with us. So I'm finding that it's not necessarily just Twitter and Google Plus and Facebook where we're finding a lot of these people. Uh, we recently went to the New England VMUG where there were people there from ages 18 almost up to 80 uh, who are in the IT field and share a lot of the same passions that we do. So you're saying people still use Google Plus? Because that's the most shocking part of that sentence. You know, it's gaining a bigger and bigger following all the time. I'm finding more and more people on there that I didn't know were there or had Google Plus profiles. Um, all about the digression. So let's talk about this. Is it truly a platform yet? Would you consider it a platform in the same sense that Facebook is a platform? Well, it's getting there. I mean, it's very different. And Google is able to just kind of thrust it upon you because everyone uses all of their other services already. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's the differentiator that you're already in, indoctrinated in this idea of Google is my center of the universe. So the idea of them also being the center of your social media, it seems like the natural progression of them owning my life online. Yeah, I mean, they, they recently just tied it into their search and it basically just pops up if you don't get a lot of hits and says not finding the answer you're looking for. Why don't you ask it on Google Plus and see if people will respond? Um, How progressive. What about, <laughs> what are they doing with the privacy settings? Have you been reading up on that? Well, my understanding was that instead of having individual privacy settings for every single uh, product, and you know they've got so many different things that they do, that they're just going to use a central profile and you would control it there. So your same privacy settings that you would have on Gmail would also be applied to Google+, would also be applied to Google Analytics, Google Reader, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. 
making it one central location so that you don't have to go to 18 different places just to change your you know profile status or something yeah and i appreciate that the simplicity of management especially of your online persona is so important to self-determination in the online world today and I, i don't get why there's a lot of guff about that conversation maybe i'm missing some of the the seepage that they're allowing to go to other sites for the sake of analytics. I think it was presented, um, you know, in a poor manner that this message of, you know, simplicity wasn't necessarily sent across. Hmm. Uh, People took it as though being, oh my God, I can't set these settings from this spot anymore. Um, None of the settings are necessarily gone. They've just more or less been consolidated. Wait, what the hell were we talking about? So we were talking about, you know, the idea of community uh, in oh, the technology yes, space. Oh, great. Yeah. And you brought up the any VMware user group, the any VMUG, as we call it. This last week or two weeks ago now marked my first full year as a VMUG member. And that's been a beautiful thing. I, I found a, a great community there and with Chris Sharney leading it, he's led uh, Luigi Danikos, Nerd Blurt, myself, and Jim Peluso all on Twitter together. We've been managing the NEV Mug user account, giving us an excuse to connect together and help things really kick up on in that space. Yeah, now and this particular one was actually my first one. Uh, oh, nice. I understand though that this was uh, your third one. You've attended the Gillette one uh, in the winter warmer. Uh, in the past, and also the one that they have up in Maine, uh, where they serve all the lobster. No, I haven't made it to Maine yet, which is disappointing, but I was able to go down to Rhode Island, which is a real small one, just a couple hundred people, which I love that that's a small one for the NEV mug, because that's huge. Yeah, because we, we had almost 1,500 people at the, at the one high? at Gillette Stadium. Well, there was they, they cut off registration at 1,200, uh, and then there was reportedly another 300 walk-ins. Uh, give or take. Now, that could have been because the Patriots were in the playoffs, so they were still going to be there, uh, <laughs> and some people wanted to see that. And it was good to actually see them, you know, doing a field walkthrough and out on the practice field. Uh, you know, Brady had a had a great game uh, just after the V-Mug, so I think we like to say that we gave them a little bit of a, a boost there. Probably nerd blurt mojo. Yeah, you know, morale boost. Yeah. Um, that aside, it's been it's been fun to connect into that one. So here's another internet-based network that I've been connecting with recently that I find interesting. There's a hashtag on Twitter called PrivChat, P-R-I-V Chat, and it's it's run by this group called Privacy Camp, and they talk every Tuesday on ideas of online security and privacy in the new age. And I found that really interesting connecting back to the Google Plus digression we just went on. It all leads back to this concern about how we are determining our our personal agency in this new world and whether privacy is surviving as an ideal. So help me out a little bit here because I've seen some of these things that go on, um, you know, say PrivChat or I think one of them was LearnChat. Um, how does one participate in this uh, and still be able to keep up with everything so that you're not talking over people? Because obviously you don't really tag people in your direct posts to them. So how, how do you do this? Sure, yeah, I'd love to. On Tuesday, they have a regular scheduled program. They usually have 
one to three guests who are experts in some sort of subject matter. One was on cloud computing security recently, and they had a CEO of a startup that was really interesting. And for each conversation, they have um, a hashtag for it. So you, you do the hashtag PrivChat, and then you put A1 or through 4 for the different questions, 1 through 4. And then they use, or they've been using Summify, I'm not sure how it works now that Twitter purchased it, to aggregate it all into the different streams of conversation after the fact. But let's focus on during the conversation, people are talking dynamically. You're following the list on, I always use TweetDeck, and you just interject where you find interesting conversations. And it's fun to throw an at at somebody in particular, especially if you guys are getting kind of vicious on a particular topic of interest you can go back and forth and have a great conversation almost like take in a sense what they say let's take this offline yeah except it's online it's (laughs) that's a good point yeah so you're staying you're staying and following the conversation but you might digress on into your own dyadic conversation and and usually how many people participate in this because i could think if you've got a if you've got 500 to a thousand people doing this that it's just going to be a mess and your computer is going to lock up from all the constant uh, streams. You're right. If you've ever sat and followed a trending topic and your computer doesn't explode, uh, you must have the most state-of-the-art machine in the world. That's amazing. I haven't tried that, but now I really want to. But what we did, there's probably, you know, 10 to 30 people. Nothing unmanageable. It can start streaming by pretty fast. You have to have quite the scroll back if you're trying to follow a particular conversation. But the summary at the end is always really nice. And then the conversation can continue throughout the week if it was really interesting. And I've made a few, you know, not quite in real life friends via this conversation thus far. But there's always more opportunities to connect with people the more ways you find. Now, have you met any of these people in person? Did any of them? No. No, none of them attended the NEV mug or anything? No, no. If anything, I'd be looking to connect with them. They're more security conscious, so I think my best bet would be like Black Hat. Black Hat would be great to go to. Not in my league just yet. Oh, well, I don't know. Can't you say you work for RSA? (laughs) That's pushing it. It's pushing that boundary. So we really hit on community. That's a that's my biggest takeaway from 2011. I've enjoyed the communities we've built and the ones that continue to extend from that core. Yeah, um, I mean, I started a lot of my community building um, at some of the after parties of EMC World, uh, not last year, but the year before. Um, oh. That's actually where I met uh, Luigi, a.k.a. Nerdblurt, um, as well as uh, Thomas... Uh, who you may know as Nike Town, uh, also Coffee with Thomas, um, there was a bowling gathering um, that was sponsored by uh, Cisco and Emulex. Nice. And, um, you know, I was lucky enough to get on the list to go, and that's where I met a lot of these people. And in part of this, I found out that, you know, Luigi only lived 10 minutes away from me. And I was like, you know what? This is great. We should definitely do this again sometime. And sure enough, you know, I found him on Twitter and, you know, we did this again. And, you know, that's what started the whole nerd herd between that and finding uh, David Graham online who worked at EMC uh, and bumping into Matthew one day when we were just all sitting at uh, Dunkin' Donuts, you know, just talking. And it's just that sense of how, you know, some of these maybe bigger conventions 
um, can spur smaller debates and smaller groups. Um, you know, fast forwarding a little bit to EMC World of 2011, um, where we used our social media ties to be able to gain access. Wait, that sounds like unauthorized. Um, <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. We, By uh, gain access, you mean? I mean, had, you know, perfectly compensated badges with our names on them. It may sound a little sketchy, but it was legit. <laughs> now you're trying to sell it too hard. I don't believe you. And I know I should, because I was there. You were the brainchild behind this whole thing. So so is that your biggest takeaway? 2011 was year of the community for us? You know, I really think it was. I mean, I met a lot more people there who I've maintained a great online relationship with, um, you know, discussing ideas uh, and everything. Yeah, um, yeah. We've learned a lot from our peers. You built a great home lab based off conversation with peers and past posts from them. And we started this this podcast. You know, I don't even know if anyone listens to it, but the whole point of it is to throw ourselves out there and see what happens. And hopefully it can give back to those that we care about mm-hmm. and let that go, continue on ad infin, infinitum. Wow. I shouldn't use Latin. I can't pronounce it. Okay. So that's where 2011 has been. Where's 2012 headed? Well, I think community is still going to be a strong theme of it. I actually, I was planning on just being a hermit and just forgetting everybody, probably just retiring from anything technological. Well, if you're going to be a dedicated security researcher, that might be the way to go. Yeah, yeah, I know I talk too much. (laughs) (laughs) That may or may not have gotten you in trouble. Once or twice or always for the best yeah you're still here right i mean still here as in still hired yes. they didn't throw you into a van and cart you away so i don't even know who would man you'd be surprised is that a threat no more like a promise oh it could be <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no i think community's gonna be big um going back to the nev mug again because it's just so fresh in my mind um community was a big focus there um and i expect it to be even bigger at the next one Uh, There was even a section where um, there was uh, community-sought presentations. Yeah, Um, we helped, or I helped spearhead that along with Luigi and Jim. The idea was to have the user group return back to the users and have users presenting on ideas rather than just people that, you know, have some sort of vested interest in the sale of something. Not to say that they don't have great things to add to the community. They, They always do. Listen to somebody like Chris Collati. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. his their presentation was great that he did. Right. So it, I'm not taking anything away from them, but there's something to be said for the end user speaking at a user group. Looking forward to that, really hitting the ground running in 2012. We want presentations like that at every one we can get, particularly at the summer months in Maine, because that's such the, the heart of the year for the NEV mug. Yeah, I think there's there's more room for breakout groups and stuff there. Um, I mean, Gillette Stadium is great, but the breakout rooms were on different floors and you had to go, you know, through a guy with security personnel to badge you in and out of the elevators, um, which I think, you know, given the location of the elevators and everything might have actually deterred a lot of people from going to these breakout rooms. Um, I know I spent a considerable amount of time up at the EMC hands-on labs um, just because I knew people are up there, but... For them only being running for three hours, they had 75 labs, um, which is, that's huge. I mean, that's 25 an hour, which is at full capacity, which means that they were constantly just, you know, going through and people were coming up there. 
Um, but given that only 75 people went through out of 1,500, uh, makes me think that there could have been, you know, better use of um, the hands-on labs or just the breakouts in general. Yeah, and let's explore another more technical theme for 2012. Community is going to be huge, but I think we're finally getting past that cusp of blah, blah, blah cloud, and we're getting to the idea of how the heck do I implement this? And you're seeing a lot more focus on vCloud Director. You're seeing a lot of great projects roll out, like the the one that was proposed by VMware at the NEV mug, the, the VCL, I believe it was called. The idea that they are giving their customers a instance of an instantiated cloud infrastructure to show them the power of using this front to back. Oh, yeah, the vCloud Labs. Yeah, it's, yeah. it was called VCL. Um, well, I think we're, we're seeing in 2012 is going to be a big takeoff of such and such as a service. Um, I've been recently going through uh, and learning myself uh, on the ideas of IT as a service um, and infrastructure as a service and et cetera, you know, platform as a service. And I think that's going to be a big, big theme this year as well as more people realize that it is... Um, economical for them to be able to adopt this and to still be um, protected for future rollout and expansion as they go along. Yeah, the counterbalance of that is how are the jobs that we're expecting to pursue or that our friends have, how are they shifting in focus? I mean, the idea of being a storage admin has already become almost um, oversimplified. Storage is now, <laughs> who owns storage these days when you have to be in vSphere to be messing with some things and you have to be inside Unisphere to be working on a VNX, but then you're also, you have to know the network infrastructure in between. It seems we really are progressing towards these more all-encompassing, generalistic positions, the yeah. architects. I th and I think you're right. I think we're going to see a shift in the way this goes. Um, as automation and integration uh, progresses, um, you are going to have, you know, in your cloud, um, it's going to automatically provision your storage and deploy your virtual machines from your templates and everything. This is the idea behind IT as a service, is that you can have a pretty much ready-made IT infrastructure that will automate and deploy on demand and build up uh, and out uh, just as you want. So you don't necessarily need to have an IT crew sitting there, you know, configuring specific machines and all the hardware settings. You will get jobs that are more of a cloud administrator, um, which would encompass a lot of the virtualization practice as well as the networking uh, and deployment factors, um, as opposed to having eight different people, one that handles storage, one that handles the network, one that handles um, the actual Windows administration, um, we can consolidate a lot of this just like we're consolidating the hardware and software layers. Yeah, and I love to see the kind of expertises that are stemming from this. I met a couple people at VMworld who are the world experts in Orchestrator right now because they, first of all, they saw an opportunity and jumped on it. And now that this idea of timing things perfectly and orchestrating your environment, not to be repetitive with a verb. Is that a verb? Anyway, these guys that know orchestra, orchestrator so well, and they have spearhead a kind of expertise that allows them to be that cloud enablement 
man or woman. And that's what's so fascinating that there's now a trend where one person that knows something really well literally can run the entire data center. They just need some gophers to go rack and stack for them here and there, trace wires. But if you can set up automating systems as you are more valuable as an individual knowing that than having an entire army of people that don't know that. Yeah, and when it breaks, you know, you call the help desk or, you know, the knock or something like that. I mean, there's groups out there that are dedicated just to hardware failures, etc., um, but that might not necessarily be, you know, your job role. Um, and I think that this is going to be a great opportunity. Uh, I do worry that consolidating might mean people need to retrain uh, and adapt uh, or lose their job. It's no doubt about it. People will lose their job and they will need to learn new skills mm-hmm. to stay viable in this market. But right. that is the, the doggy dog world of technology. Yeah, and, and that... That'll happen with almost anything, not necessarily just IT. Yeah, it just seems um, to change faster underneath us. Yeah, yeah. And along with those hardware experts, you still need those people that know software. And as the software stack consolidates, one individual is responsible for so much more than they used to be. And in that space, it makes it all the more important to have those lively online communities. It all comes back to community where you can rely on people for good answers in a quick amount of time. Yeah, and you know, if you are an avid reader of either my blog or Matt's blog, uh, you'll know that we had talked about uh, a um, forum participation called Ask the Expert, um, which was happening on the EMC Community Network. Um, Matt had actually partnered up with uh, a customer, Henry, um, who is also Uh, very big on the VNXE, and together uh, they tackled a lot of people's uh, questions about implementing VMware, the proper settings for network, the proper settings for storage, Um, and they actually got into some real, uh, some deep dives in that. Um, uh, Looking back at the numbers, we had well over 2,000 views, and the entire thing spanned over four pages long. 2,000 views, really? Yeah, and that was like a day or two before we actually ended it. Oh my god, I'm really pumped about that. I didn't know that stat until you just said that. Huh. Yeah, no, um, you know, I think it was good. Um, what were your thoughts on how uh, the whole experience went uh, working with Henry uh, in a forum post uh, type of situation? Sure, yeah, and just not to completely, it's not all about VNXE and VMware. The, that was the first two-week sprint we were running on, and from this point forward, we're going to get internal and external subject matter experts to collaborate together on the full range of EMC products. Yeah, I'm actually looking at hosting one in March on the VNX itself, and I know I think in February we're going to be doing one on Networker. Right, yeah, so just the idea of working with someone externally, oh, it was pretty smooth. I mean, we Henry and I have a good rapport from just conversations on Twitter and his perpetual curiosity with things that are not documented <laughs> that's what he does if you read his blog and we would talk about things that i'm allowed to talk about and from there we would collaborate via twitter and email and then just write what was true you know there's this is all about transparency and honesty aggregating people together for community understanding of a product line it worked out really nicely looking forward to seeing where it goes yeah 
Um, but, you know, it, not just EMC is running them. I mean, we were inspired by uh, some other communities that also do technical deep dives. Um, I know, Matt, you had mentioned a couple in one of our earlier talks. Yeah, and one of the ones that really got this idea rolling was Spiceworks. Spiceworks is a great space for small to medium businesses. And if you're familiar with their software package, it allows you to centrally manage your whole heterogeneous infrastructure. Really beautiful stuff for, and slick and it's for free. But what it also does, they've added a community that just is exponentially growing. And they have a phenomenal space where people come together to converse about you know, whatever they're working on. But so that's one of the places I like to frequent to try to find information about who's doing what with products. But just, I mean, on a personal level, I play with Linux during the day. So if I can't find an answer right away by Googling it, I either use superuser.com or if I'm coding something, I use stackoverflow.com, which I know I'm not alone because there's hundreds of thousands of users on that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I like the free solutions. I am not a big fan of uh, the expert exchange where all you get to see is the question and you have to have a paid account to actually see any of the answers. Um, I mean, it's not a bad idea, you know, for gathering expert answers there, but I mean, I can understand they're looking to make money, but, you know, the internet is for the most part free for a reason and I'm a big, you know, supporter of free exchange of ideas and not having to necessarily pay to get the solution. Amen to that. You're preaching to the choir here. Mm -hmm. But if you would like to donate to the I Tech Therefore I Tool Around podcast, you can send it. No, we're kidding. I'm not going to ask you for money. No, no, no. We're here to answer questions free of charge if you actually have any. Uh, you can ask them in the comments uh, or just hit us up on Twitter. Yeah. So looking back, uh, I think things are good. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so Sean, you're good? That's great. So we can stop the whole podcast. We can stop everything. Sean's good. Yeah. The world as well. It's been a pleasure, people. Have a good night.